You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, friends, welcome, welcome back to the show. I'm back with another episode. And today in the guest chair, I have an update episode with one of my favorite guests, Tiffany Aliche, aka the Budget Nista. Now, Tiffany is no stranger to the show. She's been in the guest chair from my very first few episodes. I think it was episode 11. And then she came back in 2021, 2022. And now she's back again. And I just love the conversation we had today because we get real, we get very transparent. And those of you who don't don't know, let me rewind it back and share a little bit of Tiffany's bio. So Tiffany, the budgetista Aliche is America's favorite personal finance educator and author of the New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money. Through her Live Richer movement, she's helped over 2 million women save, manage, and pay off hundreds of millions of dollars. A former teacher for 10 years with a master's degree in education, Tiffany was instrumental in getting the budgetista law passed in January 2019 making financial education mandatory for middle school students in New Jersey. The Budgetista is an NAACP nominee and the first Black woman to grace the cover of Money Magazine solo. She's also the co-host of Webby award-winning podcast, Brown Ambition, and has been featured on Good Morning America, The Today Show, and more. Tiffany is also featured as a financial advisor in a Netflix documentary, Get Smart With Money. Today, we talk about her New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money, as well as her brand new book, Made Whole, which is the companion workbook to Get Good With Money. So let's get right into it. All right, all right, Tiffany, welcome back to the guest chair. I think you are in the Hall of Fame. I think you (laughs) have officially, you are my guest that I've had on the most. Oh, okay. Congrats for me. me and that's how informative I find what you have to say so for those who don't know you know give us a brief update about what you are up to these days Tiffany the budgetista well I have a new book that just recently dropped called made whole um, it is the companion book or the workbook um, if you will to my New York Times bestseller get good with money and also too I I don't know if the last time I came on did I have was a Netflix special out yet it was out. Okay. Wait, was it out? No, don't get me lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was out. I don't think it okay, was. Okay, well, I have the Netflix yeah, special, no, Get yeah. Smart With Money, um, that came out. Ooh. And just most recently, I was part of a documentary um, with Kevin Hart. Oh, gosh, don't get me lying with that thing. It's called, oh, Heart heart to Heart. heart. What's you that thing we was in, girl? Funny. I know. I, I, was, like, he was, like, like, oh, I was like, what's that thing, girl? <laughs> Yet, you guys, that's why. No, that's it why is. It's on Peacock. You know what? Nobody told me. Okay, girl, sorry, no, no, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's only no. because someone tagged me. It's like, girl, this you? I was like, oh, wait, what? I remember that outfit. <laughs> Just so you know, no one knows. So, no yeah. Knows. A, what in the lack of promo? I mean, it's just out. And I was like, it's just so you know, it's on Peacock. Go to Kevin uh-huh. Hart's page. It's called um, Heart of the Matter. Heart of the matter. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh, cute to see us all here. But I was, I looked on everyone's page and no one had yeah. posted it. I said, oh, so it wasn't just me that didn't get the promo. But so y'all get to see the behind the scenes of shenanigans when you do projects. But right, right. Yeah, so it's out, <laughs> okay, girl. We'll leave it in. We won't even edit it out with the shenanigans. <laughs> yes, because they. Well, I yes. won't say they mm, but we're here. This is what it looked like. You we, think it's all here. cute? We here. Right, right. Mm-hmm. This is what it looks like. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that, way, yeah, that came out. Um, uh-huh. And. Yeah, I've just been, you know, this was, I don't know for other people, but I've, so many of my friends with businesses, this is, was a yeah. really hard year in business. Yeah, it was a transitional and a really strange year. Yes, that people, I, if I'm being candid, I made about half as much as I did last year with one of my mm. businesses. The other one, you know, my online school, the budget needs to made about half as much. My online school kind of stayed steady, um, mm-hmm. but it was not an easy year. There is a shift in consumer spending. There's a shift in consumer sentiment. There's just a shift. And, you know, we have been able to weather the storm. We still came out in the positive. The budget needs to just barely. And um, the yeah. Literature Academy certainly 
better. And then Brown Ambition, my podcast with my friend Mandy, that was, it went great. Um, but mm-hmm. so many of my friends in business, so many of my friends that have side hustles was like, what is going on? Um, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. I mean, and other than that, I've just been trying to figure out how I want the next few years of my life to go. Cause I am winding down certain ways. Like I don't want to, what I call dance for a dollar as much, mm-hmm. meaning like, I don't want y'all to see me. I want to be behind the scenes. This. Yes. 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 And so that's like what I've been really working toward, like still having these great dynamic businesses that are largely run by the amazing women that are already on the team. And I'm still there, but you don't have to necessarily see me. It's interesting that you say that about your businesses making less mm-hmm. and I think it's it's strange because sometimes as we're in it, it's like, wait, is this going down or am I tripping? And of course, you know about the recession and yes. people being more financially cautious, but there are times when it seems like some brands or, you know, some areas are just thriving. So it can be confusing. Mm-hmm. What do you attribute it all to? Well, I think that, you know, we all had this high during, well, not all, many of us had this high during the pandemic yeah. because people yeah. were home and they had access. One, they were spending less because they were home. Two, that there was all this government money flowing. And three, there were like the mortgage moratorium, the you didn't have to pay your your student loan. So there was all of this money pulsing and people were like, I'll do that. I'll pay for that. I'll get this. And I knew because that was when I had my biggest year during that time. We made $10 million in that year. Wow, congrats. Thank you. But I was like, we didn't make that this year. (laughs) I knew though, (laughs) because I've been in business for 15 years now. So I knew that that's what the kids call hitting a lick, right? And so I knew, okay, that this is happening as a result of something unique happening in the atmosphere. And so, um, as I mentioned in Made Whole, one of my favorite chapters is... um, is save like a squirrel and squirrel mm-hmm. save like this. Like it's, it's fall here in New Jersey where I live. And when the acorns are on the ground in the fall, that's when you see squirrels work the hardest and save the most. So during that time, my team and I were working really hard, but also setting aside a ton of money. I had read one place that Microsoft had one year's worth of savings saved. And so that was my aim. We got to six months. And so we felt good about it. And then the next year was a regular year, but then, you know, this year was a slow year and we had to tap into that emergency savings. Thank goodness, because before that I had maybe a month and a half, two months. I didn't think anything of it, but we used yeah. five months of the six months of emergency savings. Wow. So just imagine. So, you know, what if you didn't have learn? that? Exactly. Whether this is your personal finances, setting aside money when things are good, so critical. Thank you for that reminder. And speaking of side hustlers, so your journey began with side hustling. Mm-hmm. You were an educator and then you started testing out this financial education space. Yes. Weren't making any money. Take us back to that, Tiffany. What were you trying to do at that point while you were side hustling? Pay bills. That's it. <laughs> I remember I had no, you know, I didn't have these grandiose. I remember distinctly, I was 29 going on 30. I just my, lost my job as a preschool teacher because my school closed down. They lost their funding. And I had to move back home, which was so much fun when you have Nigerian parents who behave as if you're 12. I still had a curfew at 29, 30. They were like, I don't care. Bring yourself back to this house at midnight. I was like, oh my God, I can't stay here. So I moved in with my sister. Much to her delight to sleep on her couch in her one bedroom for a full year. She was like, girl, how long is this going to be? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then a friend of mine who um, was a teacher in Newark. Shout out to family. I know. Thank you. I mean, because I know everyone does not have the, you know, the ability. And, and also, too, some people just won't let you. So I'm really fortunate that they were willing to do that. And then a friend of mine who was a teacher in Newark, New Jersey, said, because um, Newark is also a college town, there's lots of colleges here, said that there was a woman who had this really beautiful brownstone, like these Brooklyn brownstones, yeah. but in Newark, um, like right in the heart of downtown between the museum and the library. And normally she had it filled with students, you know, but then she was kind of renting it out to teachers by the room and it was $500 oh. a month. And I said, if all that was my goal. I was like, I need to get off this, my sister's couch. I can't go back home with my parents. And that it was a house full of teachers, basically, who are around my age, a little younger, a little older. Um, and if I can make $500 a month, I can cover the rent because the rent included any sort of utilities because it was just like all together. Okay. So we were each, it was, oh, let me see, like one, two, deal. yes, one, two, three, four, five bedrooms. 
So you imagine she was really making her money because five times five, she was making 2,500 bucks a month, which is good money, you know? So, um, and I remember that like, once we found out the trick, cause we were right next to the library. So if you sat in this one room against the wall, you got free Wi-Fi. I was like, Ooh, child, yes. Cause we had no money in the house. (laughs) But in the beginning, when I first started, I said, I need to make $500 a month. Times were rough. Girl, when I say rough, and meanwhile, I wasn't some, you know, young 21 year old. I was a grown woman at 30. You know, um, and so uh, everyone thinks you're supposed to make it at 30. You remember that pressure you felt at 30? Like you were supposed to have it all. Girl, you're supposed to have your husband, your baby, your million, your house. At 30, I was like, if I could just make 500. (laughs) Living in a room like I just came home from jail. Um, (laughs) And so I remember I was like, I mapped it out like this. I said I was doing one on one budgeting kind of consultations with people and Mm -hmm. I was charging between a hundred and hundred fifty dollars, and so I remember okay. I said if I could just do five people a month, this will be able to cover ah. me. Mm-hmm. So that was kind what of like my aim. Like? Yes, um, n- it wasn't a great business model. Now I wasn't was only that? just for clarity. I wasn't only making five hundred because I also had unemployment, but that covered the rest of my bills. Okay. Not really, but this was just for so I could move out. So the problem was. I didn't realize, but I didn't understand the marketplace when it came to that kind of one-on-one that someone who, for the most part, the people that I was interacting with that needed that one-on-one, I usually was a woman, usually was a woman of color, especially a black woman. It'd be like a friend of a friend. I would go to her house, sit down. She might have kids playing and we'd go over her budget and it would be like, you know, like after like reducing it down and everything else, it would say like negative thousand dollars a month. I look at the budget. I look at her. I look at the kids. I look at the budget. Look at her. She's crying. I'm crying now because I'm a big old baby. So we just crying to yeah. hug each other like it's going to be all right, sis. Now, how can I ask for a hundred dollars? I did it. I couldn't in my heart ask. She's like, I mean, I made dinner. You want to play? I'm like, girl, okay. <laughs> so I did that for almost a year. And I said, this business model is not working because the people that I'm serving The financial burden is too much. It's not like, oh, I'm working through your budget and there's plenty because you're wasting it. It's literally like I cut down to their bare bones. I'll never forget a woman whose house I went to when I came over. She said, okay, now that you actually see, can I actually turn off the AC? Because I can't afford the um, utilities. She she had turned it on just for me. And I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how can I ask that lady for $150 and sleep well at night? Right. Mm-hmm. What you're touching on is relatable to so many of us because how all of us start side hustling yeah. and not making any money. Mm-hmm. How did you pivot and how did you figure out how to grow it into something that will make money? So I said, okay, this is not working. But what I didn't realize is that no experience is wasted. So me working for a year with all those different women, it helped me to cultivate a specific plan of how to teach financial education. So I didn't realize that's what I was learning because they would give me feedback and I would, I had a notebook that I carried that I would like teach through and they would give me feedback and I'd update the notebook. They gave me more feedback. I'd update the notebook. So I called one of my mentors. Her name was Christine Carr. And I said, I'm doing these one-on-ones. It's not making me any money. I'm just living off unemployment. I had a condo at the time that I couldn't afford the mortgage for. And so I rented it out and the rent that I was getting didn't cover the mortgage. So I tried to give the mortgage company what I did have. And they said, we don't only want it if you're going to give us all the money. I said, well, I want my money then. Dang, are you a fool? <laughs> so like that fit. Cause I think my mortgage was like, I want to say like, they said, uh, this is not how this works. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think my mortgage was going to say $1,600 a month. And I think I was able to rent the condo out for like, um, 1200. And so oh. then I just was like between the 1200 from the condo and my unemployment, that's what I lived off of as I was trying to figure out the budgetista. And you can imagine the phone calls that were coming in with my money, with my money, with my money. And so I reached out to Christine and she said, you know what you need? You're right. That business model is not sustainable. You need contracts because yeah. Christine was a queen of getting contracts. I said, oh, my gosh. OK, this is well, got to go. I said, I'm sorry, what? She said, that's it. Got to go. I have a meeting. And I remember being like. That's all she said. You need contracts. And I just remember being like, I started to like get really upset. And I thought to myself, like, you know, like I'm a praying woman. And I remember I was just lashing out. I was like, God, you told me 
I did this. You're going to look after me. You told me I had everything I needed to succeed. I don't have nothing. I started listing all the nothing that I had. I'm like, I got this raggedy suitcase where I live in my sister's house. And every day I got to open the suitcase to get my clothes. So I started listing everything sarcastically. And one of the things I listed out loud was I got, you know, 20 emails on my Gmail list or whatever. And it was like a light bulb went on. I was like, I have 20 emails on my Gmail list. I said, you know, a lot of those places I had volunteered with. And so I just said, I'm going to send an email out to all the emails. And I said, hi, this is Tiffany. I've done a lot of volunteer work. I teach financial education. I have my master's in education. And, you know, I've likely volunteered here before, but now I, I now have this as a service. I would love to talk about what it looks like to work together. So I emailed all 20, held my breath. Only one person wrote back, Catherine Wilson at the United Way. And she said, the woman who you wrote, Amy, no longer works. Brooke no longer works here. I was like, wait, what? That's the only email? So I wrote Catherine back, was like, well, you work there. Can I meet you? Right. And Catherine was like, okay. So I was so scared. Um, I met oh with Catherine God. and we became fast friends. We were laughing in the meeting. I was giving her financial advice. I was like, oh, girl, because the educator in me always pops up. So she was yes. like, oh, you know, this is interesting. And she's like, honestly, low key, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And I was like, oh, right away, I pivoted to just not I'm trying to sell myself, but to, you know, what you need to do is matter of fact, get a notebook. Let me show you. And she was like, that was amazing. Hmm. Can you do that for our staff? I didn't know that she was thinking. I want her to provide this for the United Way in the community. She wanted to test me out. Can you do this for our staff? Oh. And I said, sure. She said, how much do you cost? I said, Five hundred dollars, because I wanted to, get, I wanted to get, secure my room, <laughs> secure that room, and she said, "Okay." I said, um, "Not five thousand, girl." That's all I was thinking, <laughs> and she was like, "I said, y'all prepay." And she started laughing. I was like, "Uh, like for real?" <laughs> so, yeah. you know, at the time, I think I was thirty-two by then, thirty-one or thirty-two, and they did, right. and so, but I came ready. Yes, I went to the dollar store. I got folders. I printed out everything. A friend of mine worked for like a school. So she printed out stuff for me. And when I say ready, that I, one thing I do know how to do is to teach. Um, yes. And so I taught the staff. It went so well. The staff who missed out said, that's not fair. And we didn't know someone was coming. I want to take that class. She said, can you come back and do it again? I said, yeah. She nice. prepaid me that 500. So now within two weeks, I made a thousand dollars. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I said, okay. And so I did that. And then she had me come back. To meet with her and she said that was excellent. The United Way provides financial education for the community. We partner with a bank that through us, the bank wants to give money to people who are struggling financially to buy a house, go to school or start a business. It's called the IDA program, the Individual Development Account Program. And the bank will give up to four times what that person saves with them. So if you save up to $500, you will get 2000 at the end of the program to put toward a business, nice. school or home. But she said, the problem is, I'm teaching the class. Girl, what do I know? We need someone <laughs> to teach the class. And I said, okay. Uh -huh. I said, well, what's the class? She was like, well, we need someone to develop it. Do you have a curriculum? I was like, yeah, I have one. She said, how many weeks? I said, six. Girl, I was making it up on the spot. I thought I was being slick later because Catherine and I are still friends because she was over at my house for Friendsgiving. She's like, girl, I knew uh -huh. you was lying. But I was like, but you also were smart. So I knew you figured it out. <laughs> right, right. So she right. was like, all right. She saw what you could do. She yes. saw what you could do. Like, so you know, said, when people just know what they're talking about. Exactly. So she said, come back to me. And so I had the six week mm -hmm. curriculum and she asked me how much. And I want to say it was like between $1,200 or $1,500 for the six weeks. Um, was it six weeks? I believe so. And so I was like, wow. So, you know, I started to make easy the six weeks or four weeks. So basically monthly, it would be a group of students. The first group was right. five people. And then I was like, they're not going to keep me to teach five people. So I asked her, can I like basically market for you? Cause I'm a really good marketer. And she said, sure. So I started to market on Facebook. There was no Facebook groups. There was no Facebook business. There was no Instagram. There was barely Twitter. And so yep, on yep. Facebook, I had already, my little sister already gave me the nickname Budgetista. So I changed my name on Facebook on my personal page to Tiffany the Budgetista Liche. And I started marketing and saying, hey, free class at the United Way every Tuesday, you know, come join. And so the next cohort was 
15 people, then after that 50, then 200, then even more. We had to get a bigger space. And so I raised my prices from, you know, for the cohort. I was cohort. just about to say, mm-hmm. did you, I hope you were raising those I prices. Was. And Catherine was great because we became friends. She was like, girl, we got more money. You're playing yourself. Ask for more. I was like, oh, um, <laughs> that'll be 2500 for the cohort. And then she started to buy every book. So it was like okay. the money for the cohort. And then, oh, I wrote this book, The One Week Budget, my first self-published book. So each of the, you know, 100 people also got a book. And I had my literature challenge. So now they got two books plus my payment. So I started to make a few thousand dollars a month off this for three years. This is what I almost exclusively did. It was like, this is great. I went from one to one yes. to what I call one to few, you know? And then one day, a few years into doing this cohort, I was at a friend of mine's house, um, my friend Ladoon, his brother had just become the class president of his college. And we were celebrating like, woohoo. And I said, well, what does a class president even do after college? He's like, oh, we can hire people to speak. I said, uh, say what now? Say and, no more. Right. And I said, really? What are the budgets? He was like, well, obviously, if sometimes somebody's famous, sometimes it's 10, 20, $30,000. And like a regular person, like 1500 I said, I'm a regular person. <laughs> and so he hired me like with his yes. you know, board of kids, basically, to speak for 1500 Light bulb went up, went from one to one at 100 bucks. Went to went to one to few at twelve hundred bucks, right? Then went yep. to one to many at fifteen hundred dollars, but for forty five minutes. I said, "Oh, you know, if there's something about me, I catch on fast." I said, yep. "Okay." <laughs> and then years after that, so many people, because I was still doing the United Way, they kept asking yep. me people who lived in other states. Because in the beginning, on some of y'all are too young to remember, but on social media in the beginning, it was really very local. So if I posted, New Jersey people saw people who were actually new. Right. And, and then it, was it started smaller, to open. you know? Yes, more yeah. intimate. And then all of a sudden, someone from Florida, oh, is this available in Florida? I'm like, girl, how you get here? And then, is this available <laughs> in Georgia? Is this available? And I thought, huh, how can I yeah. take what I'm doing at the United Way and make it so that way people can do it no matter where they are, you know? Right. Without running yourself ragged, trying yes. to travel everywhere. And that's one to infinite. And so I started first my literature challenge, which was free just to kind of get a gauge of who'd be interested. And then I started my Literature Academy, my online school, which we, in the last seven years since it started, we graduated over 100,000 students. We have about 15, 20,000 so students. amazing. Yeah, they pay anywhere from 30 to 50 bucks a month. And so that's like the business that makes the most right now. And so you okay. see how I went from one to one, one to few, one to many to yep. one to infinite. And that's what yes. you call scaling. You know, I'm yes. doing the same thing but yep. each time I make more, it's less time because the academy, I pre-record my course because I have all these other instructors. So I pre-record my course. So I don't actually have to be, it's not like me being on a stage where I'm getting paid, right. you know? And what I love is that at each of those levels, I don't do one-on-ones anymore, but at each of those levels, I now charge more. Like if okay. you want me to do a keynote, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Yes. You know? I heard you say that somewhere and I was mm-hmm. like, go Tiffany, yes. go Tiffany. And the girls pay it. Not a lot yeah. though. Not a, not, not, yeah. cause you know, everybody can't afford all that. You know, everybody and, can't afford it. Right. But, but you don't you need know, everybody. You don't, yes. at that rate, you don't need everybody. Yeah. So, so it's just like, it's just been such that. a journey of, from like, you know, mm-hmm. side hustling to creating this like hardcore business, you know, businesses yeah. that have been here for a long time now. And I just want to give you your flowers before I unpack that a little bit. I love the integrity of the business that you mm-hmm. have built and continue to build. Um, I don't know if I've said this to you before, and I don't know if you ever talk about this, but I just really love that when we see your work, we know we can trust it. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on on social media and it can be hard. It can be hard for me, even when I select who to interview to know yeah. if people are for real, if they're legit, if they're scammers. And I just love that you, it always has been about impacting people, really, truly teaching things that are helpful mm-hmm. and that will change people's lives and not just like, you know, trying to get money. Mm-hmm. And you're somebody who's, business practices and the way you do your business is something that I strive to emulate. So I thank you for that. I honestly, I really appreciate that. I try, we really try our best not to, my dad would say when we were a kid, if we got caught telling a lie, he said, "Mm -mm -mm -mm." it's not a little lie. (laughs) He would say, oh, what wicked webs we weave when we first practice to deceive. So in business, it's a slippery slope. The moment you say, well, like, so for example, I don't sell credit cards. I'm not anti-credit card, but I am not going to promote 
what I feel like is kind of like a gateway drug to like the slippery slope. Now I will teach about proper usage of like, hey, if you have a credit card, here's how you pay it off. But you won't see me say, hey, this credit card, because I partnered with a credit card company, go ahead and Uh get it. Because I know that so many people in the audience might get it. And then that was the opening to the downfall of their finances, you know? And so, and I have, there's millions of dollars left on the table because a credit card company will pay you up to 200 to $500 a person that signs up. You know how much money? With my audience, my audience size is over 2 million strong. Imagine just a thousand of y'all said, let me get that credit card because Tiffany said so. But I don't. Because, like I said, I will teach you how to use credit cards wisely, but I'm not going to promote a specific one. Now, on the business side, I might say, because it's different with business owners, you know, I have not promoted any credit cards on the business side, but I might say, like, if Amex came to me and said, hey, Tiffany, um, here's a, because I use my Amex card, I think it's great. And business owners, to me, it's a different audience. You know, so where I might say, actually, here's a great card for your business and here's how best to use it. A a credit card company hasn't asked me for that, but that would be something different if I was on the business side. But for the personal finance side, no, just because I know how detrimental, I see it. I hear, I see y'all post, I hear y'all talking about it. And so I much rather leave money on the table and sleep well at night, you know, (laughs) because I have four sisters, you know, and I, um, my dream catchers are an extension of that sisterhood. And how can I want something good for my own sisters and not want something good for you? There's just no, it's possible, but hard to navigate with integrity because you have to say no a lot. But just so to give you context in 15 years, especially the last, I want to say six years, my business has grossed about $50 million. Nice. So it's possible. I mean, like I said, I know there's some people, well, I made that last year. Okay, cute for you, girl. (laughs) But you know, like what I'm just saying is that you know, sometimes people think that navigating with integrity means that you don't get to make money or profit. Yes. And that's yeah. not true. And I love how you say that casually, but it's not, it's not like a, even a, I would call a humble stunt. It's just facts. Mm-hmm. It's just, <laughs> but it's important to tell us that because it is possible to yes. do both. Yes, you can have integrity and you can make millions. And there's nothing unethical about being a millionaire because Mm -hmm. you are providing jobs for people. You are squirreling away money for the slow years, like you told us. Mm -hmm. And all of this is impactful and all the while educating people. And I will get to how you've educated me in a second. So, but let's unpack this side hustle thing, because Mm -hmm. one of the most important things I want us to emphasize here is it takes time. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, People are starting side hustles and not y'all side hustle pros, but <laughs> some people are starting side hustles and they want to make a million that year. <laughs> I mean, I guess, the, girl. The, the, <laughs> I, mean, I guess. <laughs> the bar is set so high. Yes. Nobody wants to have the learning years no more. Mm-mm. What? <laughs> See, just the whole reason we side hustle. Girl. When you start, you make zero dollars. <laughs> I didn't make her. My first year, I want to say, I think I want to say I made $10,000. Not even. My first year, zero. Yeah. The next year, 10. Yeah. I didn't make my first six figures gross in yep. business until year five, I believe. Yeah. Six. So I remember I made $150,000 and my take home was 50000 Yes. Yes. So yes. I finally matched what I made as a preschool teacher five right. years in. Right. You know, and but to your point, people don't want to, they don't want to see that. And they think something is wrong because social media would tell you everyone's making a million. It starts making me feel like something's wrong because I'll be transparent too, right? So (laughs) I get invited to a lot of panels, you know, seven-figure entrepreneur. Like, I'm not a seven-figure entrepreneur. I do well and I'm growing, but like, girl, I'm not a millionaire. Smoke and Let me tell you, because I, I, when I tell you, I'm <laughs> not going to tell on nobody, I'm not spilling nobody's tea but my own. But I'll say this, that I call it the blue check brigade, mm. right? Say that Some, again, the what? The, the blue? blue check brigade, oh, right? the blue check brigade. Right? Yeah. So you know, on social media, oh my God, I made a million. But yeah. Half them blue check people, especially the brown blue check yeah. people, slide into oh, my DMs, no. slide into my DM. No, not in a bad way, but be like, girl, yeah. help. I'm struggling. I'm like, but I just saw your post. Yeah, that was gross times two plus a little extra four. You're like, so what you need help with? 
you know? Right, right, and so right, like, right. but I just say all that to say that not mm-hmm. that people are outright lying, but yeah. if you spend 2 million, anyone can make a million spending 2 million. Yeah. So yep, lots yep. of people, yes, are seven figure businesses, but are in the hole, yes. you know, or don't have a strong business model. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have HR set up. You know, there's no yeah. benefits for their employees. These are things for me. There are years, there was one year where I was like, this is the benefits year. And so we wanted to make sure yep. we had everybody's a contractor, contractor, like it is when you first start out. And then it yes. was like, oh, a couple of people are full time, but not really. And then it was a year where like, we're setting up benefits. So my employees have, I don't know, because I yep. wear glasses, I guess eye insurance, I guess I don't know, child. Um, health insurance. They all, we also have yes. a matching program for our 401k, you know? And so they have full it. benefits. We have HR. So if there's ever any issues, you know, so, but that did not happen, honestly, probably till like year seven, you know? Yeah. So like, if you wanted to be here for a long time, not a good time, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. as Drake said, then, yes. you know, these are things that build over time and it's expensive. Right. So I remember one year, my employee said, we didn't get a raise this year. And I said, you did because this was benefits here. I spent oh. 30% more for you. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars for me, I'm now spending 130000 for you here. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I said, you wanted benefits, which is, I mean, you should. Because, you yeah, know, you go to the should. doctor, we grown now. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, and you so it was like, time, oh. like so, yeah. you know, that's a 30% raise. So I had to be like, you know, that's what it kind of looked like for this year. So, but mm-hmm. I just say all that to say that, like, me too. You think I don't look at people and be like, oh, I should have done that. Or like, yeah. dang, they seem to be doing so much better than me. That's why I try to limit I muted all yes. the personal finance people, like my real friends. I called them and like, hey girl, hey, how you doing? How's the baby? Yeah. You know, yeah. but I don't want to see it because it will sway what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I know that not all of it is presented in the most truthful light. Not to say people yep. are outright lying, but you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know your bending, angle. Just bend in, bend in the <laughs> truth a little bit. People out here bending the truth. And yes. I didn't realize how many people were bending the mm-hmm. truth. And but I've come to uncover that and also um, my husband Moyo loves scam content <laughs> and he's always said to me like no this person's a scammer yes. so we talked about the scammers, that's me too but girl yeah. I, I, I follow certain people that blow up scam people I'm like mm-hmm. I had known it I knew it because what I the reason but, why I like to follow him is one just yeah. because I have like this like morbid fascination with it but two is because <laughs> I'm trying to protect my audience because yes. people ask me to partner to your point you know Nick the yeah. same thing people ask me to partner all the time and I'm like right. is this you know because I'm like let me yeah. do my research on yeah, what's really happening so here. much due diligence yep. so much due diligence so and it's I nice have scaled sometimes. back significantly with yes. having coaches on yes. having just certain type of businesses on because yes. of that because you're not about to scam me on my mean, audience okay? yeah we're not Stop it. <laughs> so you will rarely see if you notice I used to partner all the time I don't mm-hmm. because unfortunately sometimes people start off great and then you know yeah. you just like there's more money that has happened to mm-hmm. me and I'm like you used to oh my you goodness. used to be I don't, it's to the point, Nick, that I don't even take pictures anymore with people unless I know. Because what you're not going to do is post, see, the budget needs to believe oh, me. No. That's Tiffany's crew. Yep. Because, girl, I've seen I will be at the event. You will know. I'm not posting <laughs> yeah. no pictures, no video. I'm like, oh, I'm at the event. Like, ooh, I'm try. not taking the group photo. No. I'm not taking the group photo. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the real behind the scenes of what it is to, yeah. you know, from the side hustle business perspective that, like, you have to be right. mindful of the company you keep have to be and the partnerships you entertain yes if you're a small business owner this is for you running a business is just plain hard endless to-do lists employees to take care of and your ever-present bottom line so first of all kudos to you for staying on top of it and now i want to tell you about gusto gusto builds an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll benefits and more They help over 300,000 businesses by taking the pain out of tasks like automated payroll tax filing, direct deposit, health insurance administration, 401k, onboarding tools, you name it. Gusto makes it easy. And they really care about the small business owners they work with. Their support team is attentive and helpful. And since money can be tight sometimes, you'll even get three months free. Just go to gusto.com slash SHP and start setting up your business today. You'll see what I mean when I say easy. Again, that's three months of free payroll at gusto.com slash SHP. 
So, you know, the reason we got onto this tangent, by the way, just to bring us back a little bit is it's okay to start small and to be in this for yes. as long as you need to be to build a solid foundation business. All mm -hmm. right. Like, yeah, I could do, there are a lot of things I could have done to, you know, make a million in a year, but would that be sustainable, yeah. you know, and at what cost? like yes. misleading or misleading myself or people, mm -hmm. um, that's not a sustainable business model. So, you know, if you're just after dollars, that is not a sustainable business model. So as you're side hustling, I hope you are encouraged by hearing, you know, Tiffany, start small, make zero dollars. Because mm -hmm. the things that these things teach us is it gives us data, right? Mm -hmm. Every single thing you're doing, even when you're not making money, you are collecting data. Look back at that. Say, all right, what worked? What didn't work? What's going on? You're collecting emails. Even 20 emails mm -hmm. are now people you can reach out to and either pitch a service or ask for feedback mm -hmm. about why they didn't buy, what they don't like about your service and so forth. Um, what else do you want people to take away from those early years of you side hustling? So it's one of the critical components um, is that your own personal finances, that yes. when you are stressed, I mean, you remember you're like, girl, $500. The reason why I was willing to take the 500 is because my personal finances, I was in a state of desperation. And so when your personal finances are a mess, it does not allow you to think as critically, as creatively, oh, yes. as expansively, where if I was good, I'd be like, mm, well, I'm not going to take less than, you know, 1500 and she might have paid it. But at the time I was like, I'll take whatever. And so working on your personal finances while you are side hustling to getting to the place where you're more secure is critical. Right. That's why I wrote yes. Whole because there's something yes. that I like to call financial wholeness, which are these 10 components to your financial life that you want to keep in mind. So that is budgeting, savings, debt, credit, earning. That's the yes. first five and the first foundational five. And then yes. as you get good at that, investing insurance, your net worth, your financial team and estate planning, right. you know, that can come a little bit later. And so as you start to maintain and master these 10 things and you get better at it, it will allow you like to think more like creatively in business because like in every area of business, at some point you're going to have to pivot, introduce new things. Yes. Like I just had my end of the year, big call with my team and we were all, I told them we have a team of like, there's five of us. Um, yep. and on the budget needs to side, like five core members. And I told them they each pick a project to do for next year, you know, yeah. and they're like really excited about it, but it'd be very difficult for them to be excited about a project. If all we're worried about is how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to, yes. so I had yeah. to make sure like when I told them, I was like, the bonus is not as big this year because we have to put money back in our savings account. And, you know, normally it'd be like, Wang, you know, I'm sure, but I'm very <laughs> also open with my team, Alicia, I'm, everyone doesn't have to do this because I right. picked a really good team open every month. They get to see our monthly statement, like putting a beautiful mm -hmm. Canva doc, all color. And it's like, yeah. this is how much we made. This is how much we spent. This is what's left yep. over. We're negative. We're positive. Today, they mm -hmm. got to see the end of the year report. And it was like, oh, there's even more money left over than we thought. I said, okay, but half of that has to go into the savings account because we're down to one month. So it'll put us at two okay. months worth of savings and you'll uh, still get a bonus, but yep. slightly less than last year because I'm securing the perimeter with the savings. And no yep. one was like, they were like, makes sense, makes sense. Okay. But do you see like, but you can't do that if your personal finances are in a mess. You can't think like that because you're going to be so worried about them. And so like working on financial wholeness, working on being made whole, um, is going to be yes. a critical component to side hustle success. I'm so glad you brought in the book because you know how much I am a fan of your New York Times bestselling book, Get Good With Money. Mm -hmm. It is a money Bible for me. <laughs> and I'm glad you now have made whole because I have literally been going through Get Good With Money for what seems like forever, you know, mm -hmm. because the steps take time. Yes. The steps take time, right? So is Made Whole kind of like a companion workbook? Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit more about how the two work together. Absolutely. So yes, if I were to call Get Good With Money anything, it, it's this textbook to yes. your money and Made Whole okay. is the workbook to the textbook. Ah. So if you're someone who was like, okay, so if some people want to really get all the meat and potatoes and read and luxuriate in and be like, all right, now I'm going to go back and get to the work. But with Made Whole, you don't have to wait. Literally, you know, you go to the budget chapter, 
You read about, here are the steps to budgeting. I show you a visual representation of what it should look like properly. Then I give you a blank space to do that work, you know? And then on top of that, I also, because it's the same 10 financial wholeness steps from Get Go With Money, I ask people who read that book if they can give me their experience with that step and how it transformed their life. So I included an an in real life story of someone who did the very step you're working through. Because I know sometimes you're like, so you read it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like she was able to raise her credit score and help her mom buy a house. Okay. All right. Let me get to it. Let me do it. I could do it too. Because I knew people kind of needed that little bit of encouragement. It can be overwhelming. And the last thing that I added um, for many of the steps is something called a quick start. Because I really wanted the workbook to be a place where you got to work. So mm-hmm. in the beginning of and every you're chapter, you're not overwhelmed by the steps, yes. you know, because when it you think be money, like, sometimes oh, you like, think daunting. Yep. Yes. So I'll give you an example of a quick start for budgeting. It's like, before you start this budgeting chapter, I know it might be too much, girl. Here's a quick start. <laughs> you can do a budget without budgeting or what I call split it before you get it. Go to okay. HR tomorrow and say, instead of putting all of my money into this one checking account, I want to split it into four accounts, two checking, two savings. Some money is going to go or most of it into my checking account for bills. Do the math to figure out what that looks like every two weeks. Some money into my checking account for spending. So this is like grocery, nails done, hair done, everything did, right? Mm -hmm. And then a savings account, a high yield savings account, ideally at an outside bank. I like online only banks for emergency savings or unexpected savings. And then the last savings account for goals, like you want to buy a car or a house or something. And so this allows you to budget without budgeting. So if you don't want to do none of the budget steps, you're overwhelmed. (laughs) You do a little bit of math and say, hey, HR, hey, payroll, can you split my check into these four accounts? So when your money comes in, it automatically goes to those accounts. And you're like, look at me almost on a budget. You know, and so that way the bill money, line by line. Yeah. Yeah. So the bill money pays the bills for you. I mean, or you can go in and pay them yourself every two weeks. Yeah. You want to detach your debit card from the bills account. You can do that. So that way when you're swiping, you're not swiping any bill money. You're only swiping from the checking account where your spending money is. Your savings is at a separate bank. So you can't make those easy transfers, you know, but do you see like, that's the kind of quick starts. It's like, I could do that in 24 hours. And then later when you're ready and you feel a little bit more confident, you can go do the full budgeting, you know, step. And you're like, okay. But each of the steps, I really try to make sure I had these quick starts. It's like, if you don't do anything else, do this easy thing within 24 hours and still transform your life in this step. That makes so much sense. The reason I always love having you back is because money dictates so much of what we do as Mm -hmm. side hustlers and business owners. Sometimes people are scared to make a move even start a side hustle because they feel they may not have enough money or they just have these thoughts in their head around what is possible. So address it face on, you know, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. So what I like about this, you're, you know, both get good with money and made whole is you can do it in conjunction. Like, Start your side hustle slowly mm-hmm. while also working on an area that you're worried about. Okay, you want to build up more savings before you invest more in your side hustle? Let's set the amount that we're going to have auto deducted. All right. Whew, now you can breathe. Now let's focus. Like sometimes you, and I do this too, where I get in this zone of just feeling so bad about how things mm-hmm. are. Like, oh man, like I don't have this set up yet. I don't have that set up yet. Life insurance, for example, right? Again, I'm being transparent. Like that's the part of your book that I was most focused on this year Good. because I really wanted to get those ducks in a row. Now I got two whole kids. Yes. Right? I was like, I got to get this together. And instead of getting stuck in like, man, I can't believe I haven't set this up yet. Blah, blah, blah. I just focused on taking one step every day. Good. So I started with the book. You recommended, you know, two different marketplaces that I could go shop for, mm-hmm. you know, starting out, going to both and then figuring out which one I wanted to continue with. Mm-hmm. And that was so helpful, you know. So shout out to you for creating oh, this because you. it is really helpful to have a place to start and a place to keep going back to, to do the next step and the next step. I love that. Honestly, that life insurance piece is so important. I mean, as you get older, so you know, you, you just realize how important that state planning is. It's like, yes. you know, who are my beneficiaries? Let me keep them up yeah. to date. You know, do I have enough life insurance, especially if I've Mm -hmm. had children or if I have debt? And so, and it can be really overwhelming. And so um, I try to make sure to walk you through like the teacher in me. I hope you recognize that 
each chapter kind of starts with this lesson plan. Like, here's what you're going to yes. do. Like almost like a little syllabus, right? Here are the eight yeah. steps. Don't worry about it. Right. You know? Right. No, one thing that's really important with life insurance to that you call out that I don't think a lot of people realize is even if you have some default settings from your job and you never think about it again, like that, if you change jobs, like that yeah. goes away. So don't feel like, oh, I got that set up. I don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. because if you get laid off or what have you, have your own insurance outside yes. of a company. Absolutely. Because you just never know. And yeah. so like, I just wanted to make sure like um the teacher and me wanted to make sure, because I know how y'all are, like the, especially <laughs> in Giga of Money, if you go to the investment chapter, I said, I know you skipped uh-huh. here. I know you I skipped know, all the Yeah, and people were well. like, yo, because people are like, I know how to budget. Okay, yes, I know how that's to budget. right. And people were like, <laughs> not the budget, these are calling me out. I said, oh, you thought I didn't know? I know. I said, that's all right. I'm going to let you <laughs> rock here for a minute, but you have to go back at the other lessons. So I was intentional in both in Made Whole and Geeker with Money that each chapter stands alone as its own yes. separate thing. But mm-hmm. if done in order, weave together beautifully. So, you know, so you are allowed to skip. Don't think like, I have to read this whole thing. No, jump to the chapter that pertains to you. And, you know, you could do it that way. Or if you want to weave them all together, reading from beginning to end, it also works wonderfully that way. Because I wanted that you got to decide, choose your own adventure. How do I Mm want to learn? What do I need? Because you might have been good at budgeting and you're 21 right out of college. And then again, when you're like 27, you get married, you're like, let me revisit that chapter because I'm somebody new now, you know? And so like, I just wanted to make sure that like they call it differentiated learning, in education, ah. right? That everyone learns differently. Some people need, you know, like hand holding. Some people need to hear it. Some people need a space to practice it. And so I wanted right. to make sure that like, I thought about all the different types of learners and I could give you the tools you need for success. Yes. And I actually like both. Like I like being able to listen on my walks. I love being able to revisit things mm. to make sure, okay, did I go over everything I need before I embark on these steps? But then I also like seeing the physical book too. So I can say, oh, like, I don't know what it is. I like both. Yes. Um, so I keep both of them here and I just love that I have that option. There's this idea you might have, and I used to have it too, like by five years in business, I'm going to have it all together. (laughs) Like you said, there are years you're like, I'm going to focus on this this year. I'm going to focus on that. Like I'm going to get tighter in this. And that's the way I found has been helpful to approaching it rather than again, getting overwhelmed with, oh man, there's all these things that I still don't do that great that I don't have all ironed out. Like, no, really focus on one thing at a time and just focus on getting better. Like, I don't think that there's a certain time frame when you quote unquote, have it all together Mm -hmm. as a business owner. You know, remember Sears used to be one of the biggest companies in the world. We're Sears, Lord and Taylor. So no business is too successful or too big to have hard times. That's just the nature of business. It is not because you're doing something quote unquote wrong. I'm not saying that we can't all be better, but business personal finance, these things are cyclical and your job is to learn when to lean in, to maximize opportunities and when to kind of lean back and ride the wave until things are safer. And so, and that's normal. 15 years in, I don't have all, I'm always pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. A really great business owner doesn't just pivot. They do what I call the pre-pivot. So sitting where you are now, you want to take time to fast forward in your life or Pretend as if you were going to get into a time machine, right? And go forward five years, 10 years, whatever, and say, what do I reasonably think is going to happen? You know, like I noticed, I remember when my stepdaughter Alyssa was like seven or eight or nine in that age. And she was always on this thing, dancing in front of her phone. I'm like, what is that? She said, it's called Musical.ly. And I was like, what's that? She was like, I don't know this app where you could dance. And I said, okay, then Musical.ly, TikTok bought Musical.ly and it turned into TikTok. And I said, okay, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I should have been on that TikTok show. I would have been dominating, <laughs> right? But at the time, so you think like, oh, I can't. No, no, you got babies. Yeah. Like these yeah. kids be on it before you even realize, you know? So like I'm yeah. always from my space thinking what seems so obvious to me is probably not obvious to someone who's not in this space. You know, if you're yes. a woman, you're like, oh, child, like I saw the natural hair movement coming. You know, mm-hmm. or I could see the babies in this app coming, whatever. So wherever you are, you are able to kind of fast forward and look ahead. And then what I like to do is I start to transition and pivot now. 
because okay. pivoting in the moment you usually have six months to a year to figure it out. But if I start to transition three, four, five years down, I can kind of stroll my way into the change. And by the time everybody else is like, ah, I'm like, girl, we've been working on that for the last five years, you know? <laughs> and so I'm always in the process of like looking ahead saying, what should I do now? Light, light work every year. So when the change likely happens, we're ready. And so you want to practice that pre-pivot in your business, but also your personal finances too. So the last time we spoke, it was actually an episode more so focused on funnels, but you spoke about the fact that by next year, and I think this was in 2021 Mm -hmm. or 2022, that you want to transition out of CEO of Literature Academy. Mm -hmm. Done. We're shifted. Done. Okay. So tell us about these transitions. How did you go about that? And, you know, what does that look like today for you and your business? So thankfully I have this. So I hired within this awesome woman, Tamara um, Lalandi. She is the CEO of the Academy now. I never thought that could ever happen. Um, so that was awesome. And so wow. we were able to do so because Tam has been working almost from year one of the Academy being open. She's been there. She was a manager and a director. And, you know, certainly I remember her first year. I was like, oh, that's so cute. She said, I'm going to double um, revenue. I was like, you're not. You're just going to keep my business alive. <laughs> She was like, you're going to see. I said, no, you're going to see. Sure enough. She was like, it's hard. I said, I know. But now you got your sea legs, right? One year in as being a CEO and year two, she's like, this is the year I'm going to double revenue. I said, you're not. What you are going to do though, is you're going to look about tightening up the business. And she's done a great job, lowered our churn significantly. So churn is how many people you lose month to month in a subscription um, from like 12% down to 7%, which is excellent. Nice. Like Spotify is 9% churn. For like that is excellent. Yes. And then on top yeah. of that, she took our monthly expenses down. At one point we were spending two hundred and forty thousand dollars a month to run the academy. And now we're down to one forty. So that's significant. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on that number. It's like we were overstaffed. I mean, I was the queen of, oh, you need a job, girl. Come here. Don't let you be a woman. Don't let you be a sister, too. We all have our financial weaknesses. Girl, like, don't bring your <laughs> friend. This is my sister. She don't have a job. Bring her here. Everybody gets a job. 60,000, 70,000 over employment. That was the issue, yes. mainly. But also, too, we had tools and resources we weren't using. And we were kind okay. of like, double layering. I was like, why are we paying for this twice? This company does two of those things for half the price. So we went line by line and we were able to significantly lower and also to negotiating. You can negotiate all your vendors. And so we did that. So, I mean, I was shocked at how much money she saved us. So even though with the Academy this year, like I said, our peak year and like, I want to say 2020, yeah, 2020, 2021, we had made that 10 million. Um, And then slowly it was like the next year, like six and seven this year, we made just yeah. over three million, maybe three and a half. But because of all of that reduction, we were able to keep over 30%, you know, mm-hmm. which is a decent number, especially during a hard year. So we were able to retain, you know, have a profit margin of a million dollars, which is like, okay, nice. you know, and nice. so this was like I said, quote unquote, a bad year for us because we've definitely done better, but we actually didn't grow. That was the one part that we've been struggling with is that. You know, Tamara's like, you know, I'm still trying to learn how to grow us. I said, but look, maybe you didn't grow us forward, but because you reduced all this loss, we actually had made more money this year than last year, even though we made more money technically. Maybe last year we made like five million or six million, whatever, but we didn't get to keep as much because we were overbloated, if uh, that makes sense. Okay. You know, yep. so it was a good lesson that makes for her a to lot be of like, sense. yes, like you have to look at business on both sides, earning, but also what's that spending looking like? You yep. know, and so now I what believe are you keeping. Yes. What is your margin? Yep. Yes. So now I do believe for 2024, now we're in a space that we can scale because now that we've tightened up, now it's like, okay, Tam, I actually have a call with her in a few moments. Like, like, let's talk about what growth looks like because you have tightened right. up the back end. And so, you know, but this is business. Like, you know, I like to share numbers candidly because yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, I made 10 million. You're like, I mean, you make 10 million a year. No, I made. 10 million that year. <laughs> and so, you know, because I want to share, I mean, obviously That's 3 million is nothing to sneeze at. distinction too. Yes. Because yeah, every year is not the same. No. So anyone who says, oh, I make this every year, yes. no. These are the lessons that we've learning. And so with the Budgetista, it's been a struggle to step away because I am the Budgetista. And so the yes. team all year, we have been talking about what are ways to make money that Tiffany doesn't have to be on the forefront. So we had our big end of the year meeting where everyone kind of decided what projects they're going to lead for, mm-hmm. 
for 2024. I'm really excited. Like we've never really had merch, but we had this new young woman on our team, Tajiri, who was like, I want to take over Shop Budget Nista. I was like, yes, you know? And so Logan is going to be in charge of partnerships. Um, Carol on our team, we have this partnership with this um, financial advisement company where we send people to them. And I really like them because we haven't really helped our high net worth individuals as much. So that's our avenue to do that. Aikisha, we have a Patreon, My Mentor Tiffany, where I mentor women, Black women in business. And so Aikisha on the team said, I want to lead that. And so these are great avenues where it's like, Tiffany's not necessary, but that doesn't happen accidentally. We're making the plans now, and then we're mapping out the plan. So, you know, we will see it through for the new year. And so that's the way with the Bajanista. It's like everything in business, just even in life, if you want to see a shift, you have to be intentional. And so- Yes. I was intentional. I'm gone from Literature Academy. I talk to Tam every other week or whatever she wants to call me if she needs any assistance. The Budgetista, like um, I looked at our year end numbers and last year spokesperson and speaking engagement, which means Tiffany work was like 60 to almost 70 percent of our income. This year it was 38 percent. So okay. it's like, OK, so even though we didn't make as much and partially about us yeah. not making as much because I was like, I'm not dancing for a dollar, figure it out. It's because I pulled myself out. I was like, okay. So you see other things getting a chance to push through. So sometimes in shifting, you have to be like, well, it's less money then. Like we have to figure out a way that, because could I come in and save the day and say, you know, let me dance and make a million dollars for, no, I'm not doing that though. You know? And so like, so you will see less in some ways of me um, in more ways in the ways that I want to show up. So, you know, it's all learning. I mean, I just got here too. People yeah. think like, I tell my team all the time that like when they're asking about decision making, I'm like, girl, I don't know. Like, it's like parenthood. You just got here yeah. too. Child, I you, just got here. You just, you're making like... the best decisions with the tools you have available. <laughs> and I mean, I don't have the answers. I said, we're going to try this. Yeah. And if it don't work, we're going to try something else. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I literally am figuring this out yeah. and there's no model like this. Yeah. You can look at people yes. who have similar businesses, but there was no budget needs. So like you didn't go to college to be the budget. Yes. So you are figuring it out, figuring it okay. out. So before we jump into the lightning round, I know you have side hustles as a business owner. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, what are you side hustling on these days? And you know, how does that work? These are Tiffany things that I told the team I'm taking off the table for budget Nista, but it will be for Tiffany. So one okay. of them is speaking. Because I don't need the team for that, you know? Okay. And so before every single money that came to me, I just poured it into the budgetista pot, which didn't okay. feel good if I'm being honest. Cause I was like, well, dang, what uh, about me? So if I'm speaking, I don't need, you know, this is not like social media and did, just Tiffany. So one of my side hustles is speaking. And so if okay. I decide to speak somewhere, Tiffany just gets that money. And if I decide not to, okay, it doesn't factor into the larger budget of the business. Got That's it. one of the things. So do you have a separate entity for that now? Like the Tiffany Inc? Um, no, it's still, because there's still a benefit of it being paid to the budget Nista. It's just that when it's time yeah. to be factored into like payroll or whatever, it doesn't get factored into like, so I'm doing something for the first time in 2024 where we're doing kind of like a profit share with the team because everybody okay. wanted raises. And I said, let's look what the numbers say. Ding, mm -hmm. ain't no money. You know, for a raise, I mean, everyone deserves a raise. And I yeah. said, I don't want to, because if I give everyone a raise and we don't make enough money next year, what are we going to do? So mm -hmm. I said, we need a permanent solution to a permanent problem. And so now okay. we do these profits here. And the way it's going to work is then everyone has their base salary. It's reasonably fair for the size company that we are and the position that they have. You know, that's the key okay. because people were like, I'm a CEO. So is Jeff Bezos. Where's my trillion dollars? You know, because I'm like, well, I work at, yeah, okay, girl, well, go work for Google because <laughs> the account at Google is probably making a million dollars a year, but we, it's not the same thing as an account here at the Budgetista. Yeah, right? So yeah. when you're paying, that's why you have to be careful about giving away titles because the girls love to Google. Ah. Yes. Oh, no. The girls love a Google and not my team right now. We love y'all. But the old girls used to love a Google. <laughs> well, according to Google, I should be, oh, sis, work for Google. According then. to Glassdoor. Yes. No. Are you comparing me to a multi-million yes. dollar, like a, They're a billion dollar girl. corporation? <laughs> so one said, here's what we're going to do. Here's your base salary, mm -hmm. which is a fair base mm -hmm. salary for our size and the level where you are. And then okay. I said, the way I get paid as an owner is I have a base salary and I take the lowest base salary. 
So candidly, uh, for the budgetista, I take $50,000 a year as a base salary. Okay. Everybody else makes much more than that because I feel like as an owner, it's my job to make sure everybody eats, right? But then what happens is monthly, what would happen is, you know, we had a really good month set aside for savings and taxes. There's money left over. And I could take an owner's draw after savings, after taxes, after bills, after payroll. And sometimes that owner's draw could be $20,000. Sometimes it's 5000 I remember one year during that $10 million year, it was $500,000 that month. So the owner's draw, so I don't necessarily worry myself over the base salary for me. So their base salary is much more than mine, the average person on our team. Well, everybody makes more than me as far as the base salary. But I told them, I want you to get paid like an owner so you can navigate like an owner. You will also get a quote unquote owner's draw, but every quarter. And so what I'm willing to do is whatever my owner's draw would have been, I'm setting aside 20% of it and giving it to y'all. So if I was going to get $100,000, I'll take 80000 yeah. 20% goes yeah. into a bucket. And depending on what tier you are, the 35% tier, 25% tier, 15% tier, depending on what tier you're on, then that's the percentage of the bucket that you will get. And so it yeah. means that I don't have to raise you know, payroll because we can't afford to do that. I don't know what the year is going to bring, but it means that if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll make way more with this profit share than you would have went with like a $5,000 raise, you know? So now the girls are like, I love how creative you are. Oh, girl, when I tell you, it took me almost all year and crying and fussing and calling on my mentors. (laughs) And like, it took forever to figure out how do I honor two things? My team deserves more. The company can't afford it. It's impossible. That's what it felt like. I said, I'm just going to lose my team because they deserve to get paid. And the creativity, because you could have easily said, I'm going to stretch myself and we're just going to have to make it. We're just going to have to I used to do that more. Yeah. And I just said, we spent five months of our six months saving. We won't be in business next year if I do that. If we had six months worth of savings, I might be like, okay, okay, okay. This is what we can do. No. Yeah. But what it told me is, girl, you literally cannot afford to do this. Uh, and so it was like two things. One, it was yeah. I had to put the education piece in place, meaning okay. every month, here's what it looks like. So every month the team mm-hmm. sees, so it slowed down the asking for money in this way because they're like, obviously I don't see it. And then it came with, this was a solution. When I tell you everyone is happy because now you could do the math yourself. Yep. You're like, and look, it's an extra um <laughs> 10,000 this month. Okay. So uh, 20% of 10,000 is 2,000 into the bucket. It go. Ooh, okay. So you now, <laughs> and you know, maybe you make 35% of that. You're like, Ooh, look at me already. I'm up. Yep. You know, so all of a sudden you're making choices that the way I make choices, like what's that bottom line looking like? Cause we're always in service. Mm-hmm. I told the team service comes first, you know, but like, you know, we don't have to worry about, are we serving our clients and customers? We always do that. But now they're thinking like a business owner. And I, mm-hmm. when I tell you the ideas that came up, I'm like, well, where was that idea? Well, girl, <laughs> right. it was hidden right. behind the, I was making <laughs> enough money. <laughs> But I love this for them and I love it for me. When yeah. I tell you the level of stress that I'm like, I feel really good because it's never going to tank the company because it's always from the mm-hmm. excess of what's left over. There'll be some yeah. quarters, ain't no money. Just like for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the show. Sometimes ain't yeah. no money, you know? And then there'll be some months where it's like, oh my gosh, I got a huge bonus. And it's like, yeah, welcome to the show. Sometimes that's how it looks. But yeah, that I share that because if you're struggling, depending where you are in business and side hustling as a potential tool that you can use, but it's critical that you have the right team. You can't do that with people who are not invested in the overall betterment of the company. Like I wouldn't be able to do that with a team that I had before, if I'm being honest, because it just wasn't a space where people cared about stuff beyond just like, give me mine, you know? So I have the perfect team to do that with. Yeah. I just love that. And I, wish that I worked for companies before where that level of openness was mm-hmm. there because sometimes you just feel like you are at the bottom. The people at the top are just getting these fat checks. And it's like, why? Especially when I'm doing a lot of work. Yes. So it's like, now we all <laughs> so, get the fat check. We yes, all, you know? So, yeah. So. so let's jump into a quick lightning round. Okay. You know, the deal, just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. So. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you? I'm going to get even more specific. That has helped you to write and be so successful with both of your books that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience. Really, it was for me, um, lesson plans. I just mimic Mm -hmm. the lesson plans that you get in school. How-to books Mm -hmm. to me should follow a formula. You know, like, so if you're writing a how-to book, follow a formula. And for me, it was like lesson plans that you get in school. And that was my, that was my go-to. It's the reason why my books do well. Yeah. 
Right. And I know this is lightning, but I just need to say an aside with that as well. I hate how-to books that are like, they need to fill up space. Like you could tell they have a word limit. Mm -hmm. So they just fluffing in the beginning, but yours is not like that. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, who is a Black woman entrepreneur who you would want to switch places with for a day, non-celebrity and why? Well, this is kind of a celebrity, Tabitha Brown. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. Why? Because she's well diversified in her offerings. Tabitha's on TV. She's got books. She's got hair. She's got skin. She's got. So I'm just like curious about how does all that work behind the scenes? Ah, you're so right. I didn't even know she was doing all that. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your day these days? Non-negotiable part, taking a walk and weather permitting. Like I love to walk. It brings me so much peace and. So I don't start my day until typically not until 10 a.m. because I like to take a morning walk. Okay. Um, Number four, what is a personal habit that has really helped you with your success? Building relationships, meaning like really checking in on people on a human level. So many like business opportunities or I mean, I've had people buy thousands of books for their organization just because we're cool. I'm like, wait, you work for who? She's just like, you know, someone's like, hey, girl, how you doing? You know, you looked a little sad in your last live. You good? You know, you want to jump on a call? You know, like when I take my walks, I do a lot of calls, just check in. How you doing, sis? You know, and then later on, you find out she's the CMO of like Cadillac diversity. You're like, oh, you know. So, yeah, relationship, relationship, relationships. And finally, what is your parting advice this time around for side hustlers who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? that get practice living well below your means, you know, like for as much money as I, there's not so much this year, but typically make, I don't live to the extent of that, you know? Um, And not that I live like poorly. Like I, I bought a condo earlier this year, $500,000. I paid for a cash. So we're not talking about, oh, man, poor Tiffany. No. But (laughs) when I was making, sometimes I was taking home seven figures, multiple seven figures in a year. I was living off of 10%. Imagine if I was living to the fullness of it, where this year, maybe I made a few hundred thousand. How would I have managed in some ways, you know? And so get used to living well below your means. It gives you peace of mind. You know, it allows your business to fluctuate. And um, it just, it allows you to be creative without having to worry. And so like well below your means will look like something different depending where you are in business. But that has been one of the best practices because I have all the things that I want. I get to travel, all those things, but I don't live ever to the max because it leaves me space and grace to navigate differently when I need to navigate differently. I love that. So Tiffany, thank you again for being here. As always, where can people connect with you and get your books after this episode? So I am The Budget Nista on everything, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, although I'm not there that much, um, and thebudgetnista.com for any resources that you might need from me. And my new book, Made Whole, is available at madewholeworkbook.com and wherever books are sold. All right, guys, there you have it. I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.